0: Welcome to my new podcast, Great Stories About Great Storytellers. My name is Randy Overbeck and as a longtime educator, sharing a little knowledge is in my DNA. By the way, I'm also an author. More about that in a bit. When I began my career as a high school English teacher, more than a few years ago, I loved teaching literature, loved introducing my students to great works like Romeo and Juliet and To Kill a Mockingbird but I also enjoyed sharing with them the insights and the backgrounds about the writers we were studying. In fact, teens often told me that was their favorite part of the lesson, learning about the sometimes strange and unusual lives of the writers. So I thought others might enjoy hearing about some of the curious and even weird backstories of storytellers they already knew. Each episode, I will share a great story about a great storyteller. You know, an author, a playwright, a director, even a poet or two. Some episodes will feature modern names like Tom Clancy and Steven Spielberg, while others will be well-known classical writers like Edgar Allan Poe and Ernest Hemingway. But each podcast will share some piece of the storyteller's bio you probably haven't heard. It should be fun. Oh, And I know you all have busy lives, so I'll share each of these little anecdotes about great storytellers in just about 10 to 15 minutes, so you can get on with other more pressing things. I realize these podcasts won't change your life, but I think you're going to find them interesting and more than a bit intriguing. This episode, I'll share the surprising origin story about one of the most successful writers of our time, John Grisham. As I mentioned, I'm an author also, a best-selling and award-winning author. I'm proud to share my new series, The Haunted Shores Mysteries, has been described as a cold-case murder mystery wrapped in a ghost story served with a side of romance, all set in a beautiful resort location. The three novels in the series have piled up national awards and garnered scores of five-star reviews from readers and professional reviewers alike. I'll share a detail or two about my books after today's great story. Now, a great story about a great storyteller. Even if you're not a big reader, you've no doubt heard of John Grisham. It would be hard not to. He has been among the top best-selling authors in this country for more than 30 years. Over that time, more than 300 million copies of his books have been sold, making him one of the top four earning authors in the U.S. In fact, he had a remarkable string of 28 consecutive number one bestsellers with titles like The Firm, The Pelican Brief, The Runaway Jury, and The Chamber becoming hot talk around office office coolers, water coolers and a remarkable nine titles penned by Grisham have become major motion pictures. One example, I think, may illustrate his incredible success as a writer. In 1994, for those of you for whom math is a foreign language, that's 28 years ago, Universal Pictures paid Grisham the princely sum of $3.25 million for the rights to the Chamber a record at the time for a yet unpublished work. John Grisham has been such a renowned and prolific writer that starting with The Firm, he has had one of the top 10 selling books each year for 20 straight years. In fact, Grisham is one of only three authors to sell 2 million copies of a first edition, the others being Tom Clancy and J.K. Rowling, two storytellers will discuss in later episodes. Of course, John still hasn't lost it. His newest work, The Judges List, currently resides on the New York Times bestseller list. But like any great story, success is only one part of the tale. In just a bit, I'll tell you the surprising way John Grisham, the writer, got his big break. First, A brief word from this episode's sponsor, Reader Views, book-by-book publicity for indie writers. Are you an indie writer who has self-published, or has a small press published your book? Congratulations, that's an amazing accomplishment. Now it's time to get the word out about your book, and book reviews are a great place to start. It's no secret Book Reviews sell books, and Reader Views has been working with indie and small press authors since 2005 to help them capture the attention of potential readers. From book reviews, to author interviews, to social media campaigns, to a literary awards program, and more, Reader Views has everything you need to get your book in front of more readers. Check out www. .readerviews views with s.com for more information. Now, back to our great story. You know, John Grisham was not an automatic or instant success, far from it. Here's the story of his struggle as a beginning writer, which he shared recently at a writers conference. Grisham's first book is a novel entitled A Time to Kill. Just to jog your memory about the book, It's the story of two rednecks who rape and beat a poor 10-year-old black girl and then drag her behind their truck. Her father hunts the two down and kills them. It's a great book, and if you haven't read it, I haven't spoiled it for you. What I just described happens in the first few pages. The novel is mostly about the murder trial of the father and the white supremacist's attempt to intimidate and threaten the lawyer and even assassinate the father. At this point in the mid-80s, John is a young lawyer, busy with his law practice, and even serving as a member of the House of Representatives for the great state of Mississippi. He's mostly content being a lawyer, but starts writing on his own after observing the rape trial that actually inspired A Time to Kill. When he completed the full manuscript, he thought it was pretty good and maybe even had a chance to make it big. Except he found no one... No agent, no editor, no publisher was interested in his work. In fact, John shared that one wall of his home in, in his home office is papered with rejection slips from publishers, editors, and agents. He said he keeps them there to remind himself where he started. In all, 28 different publishers turned down the manuscript. Finally, in 1989, a small Christian press in Florida the Winwood Press agreed to publish the novel. The publisher did what was typical at the time they gave the novel a modest 5,000 copy run. Now, I want you to think about the story of the novel and the likely readers of a Christian press. Not surprisingly, A Time to Kill did not sell. In fact, the book went out of print. John was absolutely beside himself. By now, he felt certain he could be a successful writer, so certain he quit his job. I'm sure that was an interesting conversation around the Grisham dinner table that evening. Honey, I decided to quit this law practice that you helped me put through school. I hope you don't mind. Desperate, he went to the publisher and loaded up his car with boxes full of unsold copies of his novels. Then he drove around the south, town to town, stopping at every small bookstore. Now remember, in 1989, there were quite a few small bookstores across the country. John asked each bookstore owner to put up just four of his books. If they sell, send the money to the publisher. If they don't, I'll come back and pick them up, was the spiel he gave each bookshop owner. Well, to make a long story short, somewhere in this sojourn, and I believe John said it was in Florida, An agent picked up a copy of A Time to Kill, read it, was impressed, and reached out. In conversation, the agent asked if John was working on anything else, and he replied, I'm almost finished with my next book called The Firm, and the rest, as they say, is history. The Firm spent 47 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list and became the best-selling novel of 1991. Since then, John has published one novel every year, and all of them have become international bestsellers. Oh, and by the way, after the success of The Firm, A Time to Kill became a bestseller twice, once in hardback and then again in paperback. Aspiring writers, take note. Emerging writers, take heed from this lesson. Clearly, John Grisham has plenty of talent, simply ask any of the millions of readers who have devoured his books anyone who ever found himself in a jury room with a runaway jury or in a theater balcony when the assassin kills the supreme court justice in the pelican brief or riding around in the black customized bulletproof van in the rogue lawyer knows john grisham can spin a good yarn but even for him it took more it took courage and conviction Once John became convinced he was going to be a writer, he was willing to take risks to reach that goal. Not to mention, he had the work ethic to stay that course, no matter what. Of course, much has changed for writers since 1989. The monster Amazon has stomped all over the publishing industry and changed how books are published and marketed. And there are few small bookstores anymore with only five major publishers left in all the books published today, including self-published titles, at last count, more than, there are more than six million titles on Kindle, it is even harder to get publishers, agents, editors, and most importantly, readers, to notice your work. But the lesson still rings true. Even with talent and storytelling chops, Writers need to have the conviction, the belief, that John Grisham had in those lean years before 1989. Writers need to be willing to take risks and believe in their work. Now, a few words about Blood on the Chesapeake, the first entry in my Haunted Shore Mystery series, published by the Wild Rose Press. The story takes place in a quiet and charming shore town on the Chesapeake Bay where Daryl Henshaw, teacher, coach, and paranormal sensitive encounters the spirit of a student murdered years before still yearning for justice. When the ghost haunts Daryl, he finally agrees to help, only to discover a much uglier crime than he could have imagined. By the way, Blood on the Chesapeake became a number one bestseller on Amazon and Barnes & Noble this past summer. Thanks for listening to Great Stories About Great Storytellers. You're not going to want to miss the next episode where I'll share some of the fascinating backstory of the man who created Sherlock Holmes, the most famous fictional detective in history, the author, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You'll be able to find all the episodes of this podcast at my website, www.authorrandyoverbeck.com. You can also find more details about Blood on the Chesapeake and the other entries in the Haunted Shore Mystery Series there as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so let me know what you think about this Christian episode. Do you have a favorite storyteller you'd like to see featured on my podcast? Drop me a line at randy overbeck at authorrandyoverbeck.com or send me a tweet at overbeckrandy. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, keep reading those great stories.